0: And welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie and TV podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Van Cleve, and I'm here with one half of our original Broadway recording cast. Sarah Lorraine. And we are here podcasting, theoretically, Outlander episodes six and seven. Yes. But there's a little hitch. Yes. Because we're doing this. In Paris. Yes, we are. <laughs> so,
1: we, we- ca- Oh, I was going to say, we, we love the show so much, we decided to come to Paris to watch, you know, to be in the actual places where things were filmed, right? Actually,
0: no. no that has nothing to we're do comp- with it. <laughs> <laughs> we're completely distracted. We had all these grand plans. Oh, yes. We'll, I mean, and we will. We'll be keeping up with things, but we're really unhappy about it.
1: Because we could be out there going to, like, the Louvre right now. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, or yes. some
1: other cool touristy place. That, it's my first time in Paris, so people are going to have to educate me. Like, what is really cool about this city? because i am such a huge anglophile that like yes. london is as far as i ever want to go anywhere yes. in terms of like you know any place in the world but here I'm, I'm, I'm told that Paris is a place that people like going to. Some,
0: some weird people. Yeah. Some yeah.
1: We- it's filled with French people. I know. That is strange, isn't it? <laughs> so...
0: The children, they're brilliant. They're like three years old and they're fluent in French. I know, really. They're all geniuses.
1: God, they're all stuck up French yeah. people now. I love the French people. I do. Yes. I'm just being a horrible American. That's all.
0: And I've been here a gazillion times and I love it and speak French and, and I'm a total Francophile. So don't worry. I will show Sarah the way of the French. I will. F- Plaster her with baguettes until she can't stop. I, to say, I do have to say, they have pretty damn good food here. Jesus, yes. <laughs> anyway, so okay. as you can tell, we're a little bit distracted. Hmm. So, for example, we're supposed to be podcasting episodes six and seven. Well, Sarah hasn't seen episode six because she just spent a week in London. And uh, she kind of forgot she was supposed to watch it. Oh, shut. Well, <laughs> we still love her. Um, so, yeah. So episode, oh my God, this is going to be terrible. Episode six happened. People wore clothes.
1: it um, looked like from the from the screen caps that there were some very nice costumes. There were. I mean, you were talking about the robe volant that you liked, yes, in particular.
0: That was kind of the the particular dress, which was Claire's, the dress she wears to the the get together at Louise's house, and it's a blue um blue gown, and it's a robe volant or robe batante. It had two different names in France. Um, baton, one of oh, one of them means flying and one means floating.
1: Volant, Volant means flying. flying yeah. and
0: batant means floating, I think. Um, and the, the reason for that is the dress is very airy. And so it's, um, it's the originator of the robe a la Française. So it's like a very loose Française without really any fitting, but it has all the, the pleating, um, that goes from the shoulders all the way down to the hem. And obviously, I mean, it's a style that was very popular in the 1720s and thirties. So it would be going out of fashion in this era, but I think it makes perfect sense as maternity wear. Um, and uh, I also liked that it was a real robe volant where everything was, it was cut correctly. Um, that made me happy. Um, and then I really liked what Louise was wearing at the party too. Um, it was interesting because I think the back looks like um, what we call modernly an enfereau back, where the very center back bodice pieces, they narrow at the waist to about, what is that, four inches? About so, yeah. Yeah, and that little four-inch section is continuous into the skirt. Um, and while we've seen some some dresses before on this show where the backs are cut, uh in one between the bodice and skirt they haven't been exactly the right seam placement and that one was right. and then it reminded me of a of a surviving Frances from the 1740s that's at the met i posted a picture in last week's last week's uh blog post um showing uh what it reminded me of anyway so it's just the, the it's a light floral print and um as always what louise wears is great um, and then also the Comte Saint-Germain and, uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie both had some nice suits, the, uh, particularly the fabrics, the Comte Saint-Germain's had a, another, a blue with like silver brocade jacket and, um, uh, the Bonnie Prince Charlie in more of like a tobacco color, sort of yellowy brown seemed to be his color scheme, whereas The Comte is very... um,
1: Blues and purples. Blues
0: and purples and silvers. Mm -hmm. Jamie is obviously black and gray. Murtaugh is very... Earth tones. Earth tones, yeah. Yeah, It's it's interesting to watch and makes perfect sense. It Mm -hmm. communicates about their characters. But really, that's all I can say because that was a week ago. And now I've spent a week in France, um, (laughs) in Paris, being fabulous. And we have more fabulosity ahead of us. And so, yeah. So we did just watch, though, episode seven... Um, and so we'll talk about that. I think we're gonna sorry, keep this a little sh- on the shorter side and probably just talk about costumes mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot obviously of tragedy in these last two episodes, and especially this one because it's all about the miscarriage and death of poor faith and um and the mourning process that claire and and Jamie have to go through. and of course then there's the the subplot with the uh, Claire trying to get Jamie released and pardoned for the dueling and the whole showdown with the constable man over the poisoning and witchcraft and all of that. So that all happens, but let's talk about what they wore while all of those things happen.
1: Okay. Uh let's see. I think we'll just start with Claire's green gown, which I think is the thing you see most of her in this yeah. uh in this particular episode. It's um it's a green uh damask with like it's like a green and blue yeah. damask. It's gorgeous. I would kill to have that
0: fabric yeah, those two colors together yeah. are so pretty and it's not yeah. it, it i mean wherever they found it i want the source right because <laughs> it's not it's not a usual fabric to be able yeah, to I mean, find like, okay so these days
1: so we know we know that the 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 printed brown mustardy color fabric came from brightex so like Somebody, please inform us where all these fabulous damasks came from. Yes. Because that is what, you know, personally I'm more interested in. And and just because, you know, we do historical costume and finding really good fabrics is really, really hard yeah. um, for, you know, this era or earlier. And a lot of these fabrics
0: would work for earlier periods as well.
1: Yes. So anyways, that green yeah. dress was very pretty. Um, you had some some quibbles.
0: Well, okay. So I agree. The fabric is yeah. pretty. I thought it fit her beautifully. Um, My quibble is with the superhero cape, so they're trying for a robe a la Francaise, and this is such a nitpick. It's for us frock flickers who know these subtle differences. For everyone else, I'm thrilled that they didn't just do a fitted back gown. They did a gown with the long hanging pleats that go from the back of the neck all the way to the hem. But for those of us who know 18th century costume, when she turns to the side and you see that you can see all the way through it... Um, it's not even a robe à la Piedmontaise because that would have the the Narrow. back pleats. Well, it have the back pleats cut. Well, yes, it would be narrower because it would mm-hmm. be from the 1780s. <laughs> um, but the it would have the back pleats separate from the bodice, but in one with the skirt. Mm-hmm. And this was just literally an extra panel. Um, they did that in Amadeus a lot, although Mm -hmm. badly in Amadeus, they did it with really shitty nylon Mm -hmm. curtain lace. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was the funny thing. Remember when we went back and watched Amadeus after like, you know, 20 years of not really having watched it as someone who knows 18th century, slight diversion here. And then you go back and you watch it and you realize, wow, the costumes are really shitty, Yeah, but it's still a good movie. It is.
0: (laughs) It's still a good movie. Absolutely. But anyway, I mean, I think with all of these things, uh, I'm happier if they're trying to evoke the period than not. Right so, like even though I know it's a superhero cape, it makes me happy because that's more the look of the seventeen forties than all these fitted backs we've been saying right. um, so beyond that, and the fact that the dress needed a train, I'm sorry, but it to me, all of these dresses look wrong without just a little bit of a train. It's just de rigueur mm-hmm. unless it's a walking right you know costume, a riding habit, or something mm-hmm. that's literally meant for you know tromping around the countryside um. But yeah, I thought it was really pretty, um, and I was, as always, admiring Claire's hair. Oh yeah, they've, they've just got a really nice silhouette going that's very evocative of the period and very mm-hmm. pretty on yeah the actress.
1: Yeah. Uh, Louis' costume. Um, I thought Louis' outfit for the scene in which uh, it takes place in in his bedroom. Um, it's great, and it's interesting because it is. You were you were wondering, Kendra, um, if it was a uh, uh, banyan that he was wearing. They had something in this era that, you know, in the mid, mid-18th mid century for men that was kind of a cross between a banyan, which is basically like a, a, a house coat, essentially. It's kind, kind of a house coat.
0: Kind of a kimono cut. Yeah. I mean, it comes from it comes Asian from sources. India.
1: Yeah, it actually comes from India, but it, it is kind of one of those weird things in the 18th century where they sort of mis- and they did this in the 17th century as well where they just kind of like took kimono fabrics and made, you know, them into like an Indian silhouette with like a very, you know, sort of European flavor to it. they they were combining all these things. They weren't very careful about cultural appropri- appro- appropriation in this particular they were They were teen era. cultural appropriation. <laughs> but in this case, though, there was They said, let's
0: do more cultural appropriation.
1: <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, it's pretty. Why yeah, not? why not? Um, they didn't have, you know, feminist critical theory at this point. No, they no. did not. So anyways, <laughs> the uh, but during this period of time, though, they did have something that was sort of in between a... A banyan style house coat and an actually a long frock coat and so I have I actually have some images on Pinterest which I can pull and put them on, on a on this blog post um, that kind of show an example of this long frock coat slash house coat slash banyan kind of looking thing that Louis is wearing. Um, he's wearing it with a matching waistcoat. Well, I keep calling it a waistcoat and I don't know if that's confusing people. It's sort of the Britishy term for a waistcoat. So we. I just default to it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Brenna was using it too. Yeah. And I know one person asked. I looked it up because, I mean, I think mm-hmm. of the two terms as somewhat interchangeable mm-hmm. and it looks like it's a 19th century. It probably is. I don't know, yeah. you know, if
1: that's absolutely. It's it's probably, you know, no, it, it's probably fair to say it's a 19th century term just because I picked it up after working Dickens for so long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it does refer to a waistcoat. The yes. Vest, uh, an American would call it a vest. Uh, you know, a, a British person would call it a waistcoat. Um, but anyways, he wears it with a waistcoat slash waistcoat, um uh, <laughs> slash vest and pants <laughs> and trousers. trousers yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, well, it kind of, they're knee breeches. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they go to the knee and they're all of the same fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, you know, gorgeous. I think it's printed fabric. In fact, I, I want to say I've actually seen this fabric out there somewhere, um, it's a red fabric with a a gold damask pattern in it that I think is printed. I'm sure you know yeah. someone who knows will uh, will correct us if we're wrong, um, or if we get. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll <laughs> be corrected if we are wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, I liked it. I thought it was a neat a neat outfit, good for a king who is just you know slumming it at home. Yeah, and... but what about the shirt? So I had some I had some questions about his collar, and I had the same questions about the Comte de Saint Germain on the shirt on the shirt. Yeah, there's a he. So Louis is wearing just a shirt and the waistcoat. He has no he has no cravat or stock neck stock kind of going around his neck. It's just the collar, um, and it's it's a it's a pointed collar. And it's kind of turned down at the edges, like you would see in the nineteenth century. And so I was kind of not like, firmly, not, not like firmly. it's pressed. Yeah. I think it's almost
0: just sort of falling yeah. open.
1: Kind of one half looked pressed, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird thing. I don't know if it was just the lighting or what. But uh, so I, I pulled aside my fiance Francis, who knows these things, and I pointed it out, and he's like, "Oh, huh, it does look a little off." But we we haven't yet. I haven't yet g- gone through and looked at source material yet, so I don't want to say if that's necessarily yes. anachronistic for this period or not. But the Comte de Saint Germain also had that same style. Um, but this time he was wearing a cravat with it and it looked very late ni- late 18th century to me we're talking like 1790s mm-hmm. um but it's a it's actually a really like sexy look for the neckwear for the men because it you know shows off their jawline and yes it's, and it's hot he, see our, what it
0: was is it <sighs> vanity Fair podcast I can't oh, remember yeah. where we spend like half an hour raving about oh yes that is Regency <laughs> Regency <laughs> men's collars those yes. really high collars yeah those uh,
1: are hot. all those built up collars yeah, yeah. so those are the only two things that caught my eye um, with these outfits that that I kind of questioned. But then again, like I said, as, as of recording this podcast, I have not checked source material to verify that. Because we're in Paris. Because we're in Paris. Um, I <laughs> mean, it, it's one of those things, too, where sometimes... You don't notice these things until they're being worn by an actual person. And then you go, wait a minute, I've never seen that. And then you go back and you check and you're like, oh, no, it's been in every painting I've ever seen. Yeah. You just never noticed it until somebody was like standing right in front of your face on a, you know, on the screen or in real life. Um. So, well, let's talk about the Comte de Saint-Germain's outfit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, silver, sparkly. It was sparkly. Metallic lace. Yeah. It worked for me. So
1: I've been really like... I don't know. I've been like kind of on the fence about the Saint Germain. He keeps showing up in all of the episodes and he's like just, you know, scowling in the shadows and we're supposed to think what a mysterious man he is, but he doesn't really do anything. I mean, he's kind of got like a subplot that I've just thought was kind of interfering with like the actual plot personally. And in this this particular episode, spoiler alert! I don't know, do we need spoilers? No. Okay. Theoretically, you, you watch the episode too, right? <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't already watched the episode, that's on your fucking shoulders.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: no. The uh, the yeah. So so he ends up getting poisoned and theoretically is dead. And so I was a little sad though when I, when he finally kicked it because that just I was like, wait a minute though. I kind of wish that they'd done more with him, but then that's, that's just a plot point preference for me. Yeah. Um, I'll miss, I'll miss his dark eyebrows. Uh, Yeah. His great haircut hair. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 He was cute. Yeah. And tall.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He looked fabulous dying. (laughs) We're in Paris. Oh God. (laughs) And I'm tired. I'm punchy. Oh,
0: yeah. You've been here a week? I've been. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I've been, I've been here a week too and I still feel jet lagged. Yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah, it's
0: bad. Anyways. Okay. Anyway. And uh Matril Raymond shows up and um I mean we've talked about his waistcoat before Which and I, I think still it's, don't
1: get, but whatever. It's
0: I mean, obviously it's to make him look like this alchemist, blah blah blah. I know. And I think it's super neat and they clearly put a ton of of work and detail mm-hmm. into it. But as always my my response now is and Maitre Raymond has one waistcoat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He's got a good wig though. He does. Yeah. 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 Um, Um, yeah, and so then there's the whole showdown, blah, 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 and then Claire, uh, and the sort of perfunctory shagging with Louis. Three
1: humps. Yeah. That's it. That's so sad.
0: It's the same in the book. It's very much this sort of, like, protocol, like, they, she's, she understands that this is something that he needs to do in order to feel right about pardoning Jamie. Right. Um. But I have a problem with it because I have a crush on the real Louis the 15th. And he's, in my mind, Louis the 15th is way hotter than, and I'm not trying to be rude to the actor who's playing Louis the 15th. It's just, I don't know if anyone would be as hot as my imaginary boyfriend, Louis the 15th.
1: No, I don't think anyone, I don't even think like, I'm trying to imagine. The real
0: Louis the 15th, I'm sure was probably.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to imagine like the hottest guy I know. Like I can picture like, for some reason, Tom Hiddleston is coming to head, coming to my mind. Um, yeah, I don't think he's even as hot as Tom Hiddleston, who by the way is pretty fucking hot. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Moving on.
0: Um, and so then, uh, Jay or Claire goes home and Jamie gets released from prison and she is wearing uh, back again to the, to the, uh, Van Dyke costume
1: that, that I did a, Host on a couple of weeks ago because you're psychic. Because I'm psychic, apparently. Well, you know, they we glimpsed it in in an uh, I think like the second episode um, of this this uh, series, and and so yeah, the Van Dyke. Just to to jog everyone's memory, is that she's wearing a black um, kind of like a vest, uh, waistcoat type crossover. Crossover. It crosses over sleeveless. in the front, sleeveless. It's got white puffed sleeves. With uh, the sleeves are caught with ribbons at like her bicep and her elbow. Um, and you don't see a lot of it either. For some reason, you only see her when she's sitting down in this dress. It's no, her... she, she does get up and walk around in this episode. Does she? Yeah. I missed that part. We were fast forward. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're in Paris! <laughs> we're like, how, how fast can we get through this so we can just go out and be in Paris? <laughs> Sorry, we love no. you. Um, but yeah, so it's a black satin dress. Uh, it's it's really pretty. So when it first showed up in the second episode, people had some questions about it because it looks really weird in terms of 18th century silhouette. But then I went and showed a, several different examples of this particular style being used in the 18th century in this period of time um, from like the 1750s, 1740s through to like the 1790s. It was very much a... Kind of a, I think it was an anachronistic style. Um, it was either, you know, I, I don't want to weigh in on it as to whether or not it was just fancy dress or if it was something. I do. You do? Okay, it was well, you, fancy
0: dress. She thinks it's 100% fancy dress. You would wear it to a masquerade or you would wear it to have your portrait painted. Okay, fair enough. I would. I would I will bet you <laughs> a, at least $1,000, if not more. I'm not, like I said, I don't want to weigh in on it. I'm weighing. I'm just saying. i have weighed. Okay. i
1: just say that that there is a precedent for it and so it's not like it's not like this was pulled out of you know the the thin air and and so there was absolutely a fashion for this retro style it was called a van dyke style weirdly enough it's based more on portraits by rubens than it is on portraits by van dyke why be accurate you know (laughs) yeah it's yieldy (laughs) timey exactly but uh so she wears it again in this episode which Mm -hmm. was cool it was good to see that um so we'll make sure we link back to that on this this current post will link back to that in yeah. case people have more questions. And then at the very end they go to visit poor Faith's grave. Oh no, and... oh, no, we're forgetting oh, sorry. we're forgetting um, Louise's. Oh yeah. Dress. Yeah, Louise's. There's has a, a flashback. A, yeah, there's a really Louise wears, I guess, I guess you were uh we don't see it very well, um, unfortunately, but it's stripes. It's like a cream satin with multicolored stripes, I think like it's one you know, of red those, and green yeah, and or something. Kind of ribbon stripes Ribbon stripe satins. Um, and I think it's just a jacket Mm -hmm. yeah but it's really pretty and I wish we could see more of it oh and she actually you just see it from the front too um and she's got this really nice stomacher with the the fan ruching that I really really adore on the front of it and making yes hand gestures to describe yes it's it's helping so much (laughs) anyways um we'll have pictures yes so then we go to the grave yeah and
0: then at the grave Claire wears um a dark dress like browny it's purpley like dark yeah dark plum dark black, yeah. brown and as at least the stomacher is from it's that painted stomacher that she wears early on with the saffron mm-hmm. yellow wool satin dress i like um, that
1: mix and match yeah
0: it's and really cool. they absolutely would have done that and then a really pretty lace mantilla mantilla veil um obviously as mourning. Mm. and uh yeah pretty yeah. and so jamie
1: really only gets like one scene in this entire thing and a beard and he gets
0: a beard we decided he looked like this
1: guy from the dickens fair yes yeah so (laughs) shout out to the scottish dancer
0: from the dickens
1: Dickens fair Fair. you look like jamie in this yeah (laughs) or he looks like you i don't know are you listening scottish dancer guy i don't know if you are (laughs) dance a jig for us He's this really cute guy who works at Dickens. He uh, and he does Scottish dancing, and he and everybody thinks he's cute. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Jamie gets the one outfit, and it's back to that that black satiny kind of um, waistcoat. His and leather jacket. His leather. His quote unquote leather that confused <laughs> his, a lot of people. His leather. People. Yeah, I meant <laughs> yeah. air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> leather. Um, that confused some people. They were like, "No way, that's not leather." I'm like, "I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like." His leather jacket—it's the
0: equivalent of his modern-day leather jacket. Yeah,
1: but uh, it's—and apparently, what was that? Terry was saying that there were like three or four different jackets. They're all different, you know, slightly different.
0: Right, like some are dark gray and some Some are are dark blue, and but uh, it—it all all... kind of reads black on. Yeah, it all has to do with lighting Mm -hmm. and filters and all that kind of stuff.
1: So that's always interesting to hear that perspective. Yeah. But yeah, not a lot of Jamie in this episode. So. No, he poor Jamie. He's... Yeah. He was in the best deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doing
0: growing, his thing. Growing that fabulous beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Combing it regularly, putting egg in it. <laughs> <laughs> We're punchy. We're okay.
1: We're Paris for God's sake. <laughs> so that's all I got. I think that's all I got too.
0: Sorry guys. Uh, we we realize you. this, this is not our best effort. Um, but uh, we tried. The effort was made. Hopefully Tristan won't kill us. I think, you know what, we're doing
1: it. And she just asked for us to do, like, the bare minimum. Yeah. I think this is a little bit more than the bare
0: minimum. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. All well, right. Well, she's
1: on a plane right now to
0: London. So yeah. she so doesn't, she, you know. She can't hurt us. Yeah, exactly. At this moment. Ha. Huh. She'll huh. be here next week. Then she can hurt us. Yeah.
1: She'll probably, there'll be nipple tweakings all over the place, yeah. I'm sure.
0: All right. So uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. And check out our uh, screen cap recap of the episode on frockflix.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at frockflix. And um, we are going to go enjoy this fabulous city. Uh, So uh, au revoir. Au revoir. (laughs) There you go. (laughs)